Hello to you all and welcome to the Pitcast, brought to you by the Pit Crow Online, by the fans, for the fans. Today we're up talking all things off-road as we discuss the WRC season review. I'm joined by our resident WRC editor, Warren. Hi everyone, thanks for joining. I mean, of course Warren's here, it's a WRC uh, podcast. So, if for those who don't know, uh, Seb Ogier won his seventh title with his third manufacturer uh, after a nail-biting finale with teammate Elvin F- Evans, the British hope. Uh, Warren, do you want to just give us a quick rundown of of the season, of the finale? Yeah, so it was a really interesting season uh, with kind of two halves, I feel. That early part of the season uh, with Monty followed by Sweden and uh, and a shortened uh, Mexico uh, by late March. And then six months with no activity. Obviously, we know why. Uh, so many motorsport events being, uh, and uh, championships being affected this year. Uh, and then we came back with, uh, with a, a great event uh, in September with uh, Estonia, followed through with the, the remaining events that uh, were kind of hastily added together. That was an impressive drive from the season, uh, should I say, from Ogier, uh, joining a new team, Toyota Camp, uh, having switched from Citroen at the end of the year when they pulled out, with various reasons for that. Incredibly, it was it was a real uh, inter-team battle, really, between himself and Alvin uh, over for the overall lead um, throughout the year, with Ogier finally coming through at uh, Monza. So, yeah, it was a spectacular year. We're going to discuss all the turning points uh, in this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I thought. I mean, the last the last event uh, for those who don't know was held at Monza, the um, the Temple of Speed in Formula One circles. But yeah, it was interesting to see the old banking being used by by the rally teams, and there was some quite treacherous conditions. One that there was all sorts of uh, weather to uh, battle. Yeah, it was incredibly wet, um, San with a little bit of had a bit of dry uh, on the final morning, but mostly it was very very wet or uh, as we discovered out on Saturday when they went into the mountains uh, almost like Monte uh, being the other side of the, where uh, Monte Carlo would normally uh, be held. Uh, the roads are very similar um, around there to what you'd expect to see in, in those classic stages like Cistron and, and uh, over the top of the, the mountains in uh, Monte Carlo. So yeah there was there was a lot of discussion about the snow uh, that was predicted uh, in the week um, and um, boy, was there a lot of snow in the end? Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, spectacular in that respect. Uh, but of course, um, putting down using the Monda track with with these various bollards and tape used uh, on the start finish straight and throughout the rest of the track, and of course the use of the banking, which you know, I can't remember the last time I was using the one probably late 70s you know that seeing those cars flying around those uh those bank corners was, <laughs> i felt pretty spectacular uh in its own right and um yeah so um very wet um on the on the circuit um and the cars um yeah they were they were really angled towards the tarmac setup but when they headed up into the mountains uh they were it was it was a very much um, 
that's the word I'm looking for, compromise um, required for the different um, different weather that was being thrown at the, the cruise really, and the choice of times and, and all that stuff. So yeah, it was a yeah spectacular, um, but um, and of course heartbreaking in the end for Alvin, uh, sliding off the road like that. Uh, I often think back to 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 seeing that stage. You know, a lot of these stages were were run a bit later than expected because of uh, delays earlier on. Um, so I do wonder, you know, uh, if that stage had started at normal time, uh, maybe the Elvin would have, would have made it through and uh, wouldn't have gone off the road like that. Uh, a big shame for the, the British hopes uh, and a lot of Welsh hopes, to be perfectly honest, <laughs> were dashed on that Saturday. Um, yeah, it was. When, uh, when they? It was a big shame to see him go off. Um, obviously, you think nail biting rally finales. The only one I can think that's more heartbreaking is uh, Carlos Sainz in '98 when his car broke down about 300 yards from from the end of the stage. So yeah, yeah, that was uh, Margaret Park, wasn't it? So uh, uh, I'm assuming I pronounced that correctly. Um, yeah, with with uh, yeah, that was actually Tommy versus uh, versus Carlos uh, Mitsubishi versus Toyota uh, in that '99. But uh, uh, it's, so weird. Uh, it's weird so, uh, how involved in both. Like obviously he's the team principal of Toyota nowadays, and it was his drivers battling for the title. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, obviously there are some changes there, of course, which we've uh, found out in recent days. But uh, but yeah, Tommy, um, I think he's uh, he's done a done. A, I'm going to ramble a bit, but Tommy did a he's done a great job bringing Toyota back into the championship and start 2017 and uh, take two two titles, two drive titles and a championship for the manufacturers in that time. Shows how good that um, that whole team setup uh, really is that he, that he built up around him. The uh, team obviously originally called Tommy Mackinac. So uh, yeah, yeah. So should we uh, should we chat about the, the full the full year then? Yeah. Um, yeah. Should we uh, start at the beginning and maybe Talk about the teams. Yeah, yeah, we can do. Yeah, yeah, sounds good to me. I mean, so first rally was, if I can remember right, it was Monte Carlo, um, all pretty much nearly a year ago now, uh, which is crazy. Gotcha. Um, my main sort of taken point from that was uh, Oitanax crash, um, yeah, cool. which was a, a mammoth crash and testament to the new build rally cars these days that he survived it. I mean. Went flying up into the trees and like a sixty-foot drop or something, I think. Yeah, he just uh, he, he lost uh, he lost control on that uh, left hander, didn't he? And, and just went went off, and that was, it was they're just passengers at that point. Him and uh, him and Martin uh, in that in that in the first outing in the i th- uh, i i i twenty uh, WRC, which is a uh, one of the great look- I think they're great looking cars, uh, to be honest. Um, and um, yeah, it was no points for him, uh, the reigning champion, crashing out like that, um, having spectacularly taken the title at, um, at the end of the previous year. Yeah, so first non-French driver to win the title since a certain uh, Norwegian mm. uh, called Selberg. Uh, and it's gonna, it's, yeah, we can talk more about uh, that later. I think uh, with his uh, son coming through, but. Um, 
Um, yeah, massive crash. Um, I think the, the key the key things um, at the moment of uh, Monte Carlo um, were uh, very much how there was that that constant fight between Thierry uh, and Pops, you know, his teammate um, Ogier, and Elvin, Elvin showing a great pace, uh, which we saw. We did see that he had that he has a very good pace. And he's become a very good all-round driver um, on on the tarmac because uh, we saw that last year uh, when he and Scott and Andy took that victory in uh, Tour de Course. Um, so um, yeah, the, the the mix was there and uh, the fight was on between all three of them really um, for the for the victory. Um, and I wonder, I wonder a little bit if Alvin might look back at that at that event and just think, oh crikey, you know, maybe if I'd uh, Managed to take that victory then, you know, or even a second place, I would now be the, the champion. But um, you know, to to finish, he finished. Uh, that was his best finish on, on in Monty anyway. So it was definitely a, a big improvement um, uh, in terms of results uh, for uh, the Welshman. Um, certainly, second year with Scott in the car, uh, former co-driver of Craig Green. So OGA. Uh, took took second in the end, of course. Mm. Uh, but it was, it was uh, Belgian who not only won the rate, uh, won the, obviously the event, uh, but took the full five points from the half stage uh, as well. So, what are your thoughts on uh, on that on that you know ultimate um, you know, fight there, Aaron? I mean, it's the fight between three quality drivers. You take Tanak out of the equation, and there's still three or four drivers capable of winning the race, winning the rally. Um, I mean, if, I'm just looking at Thierry's results over the season. This obviously this was as good as it got. He only got the one one win all year. Yeah. And he had a really sort of topsy turvy year by you know by, by the look of it. Um, yeah, whereas you know the likes of El, Elfin and um, Elgier have both been really consistent. Um, which yeah. which just says how competitive the the championship is these days. Um, you know, back in the days of Seb Loeb, it was. Ford had put a challenge up for a bit and then Seb had just he'd run away with it in the end. Whereas now, I mean, I know Toyota took the first two just two steps, but, you know, Hyundai were in there right till the end. Um, they, were. they were. And obviously M-Sport aren't exactly always far away either, you know, to pick up the pieces if anyone goes off. So, but yeah, I mean, it was a great Monte Carlo rally. Um, it's always a spectacle because it starts the season off and it's so treacherous. It, it could be Sand sealed delivered into the final stage, and so we'll go off and it changes altogether. Um, it's yeah. just a, a magnificent event, I really do love it. Yeah, and it was good to obviously a good for, for a few years ago when uh, it wasn't in the championship, it became part of that, that uh, continental uh, sort of uh, rally championship, which uh, uh, certainly Chris Meek won. Um, Back in the day, but um, yeah, it was. It's good that it's back in the WRC on a regular basis uh, as the, the the start to the season, mid January, the snow, the ice. It, it just offers up such a spectacular um, challenge to the crews. Guessing what the conditions might be later on the week when they're doing their race and so on. So yeah, I think um, yeah, it was a. I think if if. If it hadn't gone off, I think he probably would have been challenging for the uh, for the podium. 
that's fair to say. The car has the pace. And Thierry's uh, challenged for victory there before, so he just obviously managed to put it all together after think, 2017 when he was leading quite comprehensively and then the crash ripped off the wheel. Um, but going uh, on one of the Saturday stages um, when he had quite a decent lead. So, um, yeah, it was good to see the Belgian take, uh, take victory and obviously he was leading the championship uh, at that point uh, with 30 points. Um, whilst obviously OGA uh, was a little bit further back and then that Alvin third in the championship, which really, um, for a, a start for a new car for the team, uh, for, for him and, uh, and Scott, you know, it bodes well. Um, and then we moved on to uh, to Sweden. Yeah, so, uh, again, a big spectacle. Um, the one that caught my eye in this one was uh, Kelly Ravenpere. I think it was, it, I mean, you're going to correct me if I'm wrong, it's one of his first podiums in the top tier, yeah, um, yeah, finishing third, which is no mean feat in Sweden. I mean, it's where his, his dad took his only rally win 20 years ago, and then the son comes up to get a podium 20 years later. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, Kelly, uh, you know, making his debut um, in uh, in Monty in a in a full WRC car. You know, we know he's been in the uh, the lower WRC. Uh, two uh, with the R and the R five cars um, previously, but yeah, stepping into that new car, uh, taking taking at the time, obviously in uh, in Monty taking fifth position, and you look at the other kind of rookie, uh, Gus Greensmith, he had, he had some issues, mm. so yeah, he he certainly uh, showed uh, some great uh, great great. Um, uh, speed, shall we say, and uh, and uh, when you look at the actual, excuse me, getting my thoughts, the um, stage victories, uh, he took a he took a stage victory in his first in Sweden, so that definitely I would say contributed to his uh, decent uh, result there, first ever WRC podium, uh, definitely showing it was he should, he should be in one of these cars. Mm. I mean, uh, good spot that. I mean, obviously, Elfin took the win, um, which is, again, magnificent. Um, Tanak recovered from Monty with a second place, and obviously Cali got third. So you had Seb Ogier in fourth, and Esapeka Lappi in fifth, which is a good result for M-Spot. Um, yeah, yeah, Lappi, uh, Lappi was, uh, was definitely fired up uh, when I spoke to him at the start of the year, and although he didn't uh, take a state victory there, he definitely was in the mix uh, uh, near the front, and I think uh, yeah, with with a bit more pace out of the, the Fiesta, perhaps, perhaps he would have uh, been on the podium, you know. But yeah, it was a uh, great, great drive by Raven Parra. Um, I've got to come back to Elvin, really. That that was that, <laughs> in the first victory uh, for a fully British crew, shall we say, a, you know, a Brit, uh, an Englishman, and a and a Welshman in that Toyota. Um, some have been saying. Uh, I saw some comments uh, not long after that um, on various forums. Oh, it was a different event, and you know he lucked into it, and he thought he, he, he deserves that victory 100%. Uh, if you think back to 2019 when he was still in the Fiesta, he actually took stage victories on a proper full um, snowy uh, rally Sweden. Um, so uh, I don't I don't accept that. That argument in terms of uh, of he was 
you know, a shorter event and the conditions were the same for all and uh, they all had an opportunity. I think obviously, yeah, starting third on the road uh, would certainly have helped him um, as, the, you know, as the cars in front went through particular, um, you know, at that point, um, big championship leader, Thierry, we have to obviously talk about him in this, in this event taking, he took six, but he was, lead, he was obviously first on the road throughout the first day. And that, that does hold you back, unfortunately. But actually, to take six was a fairly decent result um, for the for the Belgian at that point. Yeah, so... I mean, I'm just trying to go through these as quick as we can. Um, if we move on to Mexico, which was the last mm-hmm. the last event before the lockdown put yeah. an end to things. So, obviously, Ogier took his first one of the season. You had Tanak again picking up another second place. Timu Sunanen came up for third place, which is, again, another quality result yeah. for him sport. Uh, with El- Elfin fourth and uh, Tio, uh, no, sorry, Kelly Robin Perra fifth. Yeah, and it definitely um, with the, you know, OGA taking that first victory, who thought that Elvin would uh, win first in the Toyota <laughs> than, uh, than OGA? I think, I'd, you know, uh, I don't think many people would have uh, bet, bet on that. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, that was a good result for OGA at that point. Um, and um, uh, it meant that it just kept him um, in championship contention. Um, and of course, the other thing to bear in mind is uh, Mexico actually finished a day early um, in the scheme of things. So who knows what would have potentially happened uh, on on Sunday uh, if those right, if those stages had uh, had been held, uh, you know, still been run? Would Alvin potentially have got off that? He might have done. Uh, bear in mind, he was opening. He and Scott were opening the road for the first time ever in their career. Uh, so uh, Mexico, very hot, very dry gravel uh, event. Um, interesting this year, there was there was less, there wasn't any of the uh, fog and, and things like that. You know, getting the mountain. So uh, yeah, and then it was well, that was it, wasn't it? Mm. It was kind of everyone back to Europe. Leaving early because of because uh, of that, you know, the COVID. Yeah, I mean, and that was when we did we did like a sort of a preview to, to an extent. We did a podcast where we put some predictions forward. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head all the predictions, but uh, you know, I mean, I'd like to look back now and see what see what we said and see what came true and what didn't. Um, but yeah, so obviously there was the long layoff. We all know why. It happened, so it was a case of wait till we can start turning wheels again. Um, we got we got an, a a provisional calendar, which half of it never happened. We we're supposed to rally in Japan, and <laughs> I think it was April as well. And there was a few more, but they're the two I can remember. Off, and Belgium and yeah, there were a few. Um, of course, Chile was called off uh, before the season even began because of some political problems in, in the country. Uh, but then the key events, obviously. Uh, it was meant to be held back to back with Argentina, Portugal uh, held in May, um, Kenya was meant to be in June, of course. Uh, Safari Rally making a return that was meant to be happening. Uh, Finland, New Zealand, again another one making a return uh, after many many years off the off the calendar. Deutschland or Germany, the uh, the kind of that one that comes in. Uh, before Wales, of course, and because Wales was called off in June uh, this year by uh, by the team there, and then yeah, we were meant to have Japan, 
uh, a season finale for Fatal Attention, <laughs> where things were going to end. Hmm. And of course, one of the replacements, even one of the replacements got cancelled, uh, Reprise Reprise, Randy Belgian, uh, which was meant to be held at the start of September. Yeah, so um, decimated, really. I mean, it should have been about 13 rounds in total. I mean, seven. It's like it's like with the with F one this year. There's so many what I'd call classic events not happening in 2020. Like F one, we didn't get Monaco, whereas in WRC we didn't get you know Rally GB is always a staple. Yeah. You know, like most people love Rally GB because of what it offers, and obviously the fans are very passionate. Um, we didn't, yeah, oh yeah. We didn't I've get Corsica. We didn't get Germany. We didn't get so Australia, New Zealand. I love New Zealand because of the gravel and how quick it is as a rally, it's yeah, quality. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously you went to Rally GB, so you'll know exactly what I mean when I say, you know, people are passionate, especially with a Welshman at the top of the charts. Exactly, yeah. And I think we, you know, if we'd had, a, had that, uh, I think if that had gone ahead, I think we probably would have had a quite a different end to the championship, but, you know, it is what it is. Like holding a, holding a, you know, a mountain event uh, in November, mm. That's what happened in the end of Monza. You know, it just added that extra dimension, slightly different dimension to this year, didn't it? So, yeah, I think uh, it was spectacular. Of course, um, we so let's talk about um, you know the events that came after uh, mm. the lockdown. So we had the first ever um, rally Estonia, which was. Uh, Do you reckon that was a Tarak influence? Like, would that have gone ahead if? Tanak wasn't in the chat. I, uh, I think that that definitely helped. I think uh, I think we've got the COVID situation a bit more under control. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know the figures and numbers and, and so on, their cases and all the rest of it. But I think, uh, yeah, they, they definitely ran a, a very good event uh, given um, the shortness they probably made. They really had to actually get it all set up. Mm. Um, certainly having Tanak as the, uh, the champion would have influenced a bit of that as well in the, in the FIA and their decision. Um, and it was actually really spectacular. Um, obviously, a Lloyd Brain champion took, took the victory there. Convenient um, enough, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, first Estonian champion and first Estonian uh, rally. Brilliant. Well, it, it had to be, it had to be Tanak, didn't it? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I didn't see, you know, you, you had, you had a, uh, I did see him taking a victory. Um, to be fair, I think um, he knows the roads. You know, growing up on those, um, he knows the whole uh, feel of the car. He was getting used to the car, obviously, and he'd taken some very good results. Uh, you know, with the second in Sweden, of course. So yeah, he certainly was getting a handle on the car. With, you know, he came into that with two two second places with uh, Sweden and uh, Mexico. So. We know his quality. Mm. Uh, winning any car, yeah, and that, that's going to mark him out as a true great in the future. And it, the thing about Estonia is, it, I get the feeling that it's a very much a very similar uh, event to in terms of speed to uh, Finland. Perhaps mm. not so many jumps, but in terms of the the road, the road is very similar. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, you aren't going to. You know, discounting for, for taking uh, a victory uh, this year, uh, which is only right. It's only right that the champion, the champion should take a, a victory anyway. Yeah, don't you think? I mean, it's, I mean, the impressive result from that for me was Craig Breen finishing second. 
um, with LGA third, Evans fourth, and Robin Perra fifth. But Craig Breen, I mean, that's quality drive to get second place there. Yeah, and I think um, Craig, we've seen his pace before on, on that kind of gravel. Uh, we saw it in 2016 when he was at Citroen alongside uh, Chris, uh, taking third uh, in the, the last the last year of the DS3 WRC. Um, so we, we know he's got the pace. He's got Paul alongside him. Uh, he's a, he's a, a winner, uh, a co-driver you know, co winner uh, when he was with Chris. And yeah, definitely that partnership worked well. And of course, last year they, they did some events uh, anyway uh, in the Irish uh, Tarmac Championship. So they've been building that partnership for a while. And uh, we saw the results really with, with uh, second place there, definitely. That's definitely a good wrench in there, Aaron. Yeah, so um, where else? So obviously we saw Alvin uh, a good fourth place. Bear in mind he was there or thereabouts in the Lisa Championship at that point. So that yeah, definitely cemented his, his, uh, his championship bid, I think. And taken obviously a victory, a third, two faults at that point. And, and was still leading the championship at that, at that stage, which is... Uh, really amazing, really. I mean, obviously, uh, obviously, the next rally was when the, the first big pendulum swing happened um, with Elfin taking the win and Ogier not finishing. That's it. And, um, and I'll, you know, there was that stage on, on, uh, on Sunday morning, that really long stage. And we saw the quality that Elfin brings to his driving and just managing the, the right pace to push out you're very sensitive to the car, you know, he's got a very good uh, feel uh, of what, you know, what not to do you know, and so on. And um, yeah, that could have actually won in the championship because at that point, uh, it put him back in the, you know, back in the lead, he actually lost the lead, I think at that point. Um, it put him back in, in championship uh, lead and, um, yeah, it, it could have it could have been everything really for him, couldn't it? And uh, and Scott and uh, the team. So I think uh, when you look at the the other drivers that finished up there, um, Thierry, he'd obviously previously led Turkey, uh, and obviously finally put together a good result, second place, and he had a, a few bad bad uh, events, mm. scoring in the points. So it kind of brought it brought Thierry back in a bit as well, particularly with, as you say, Ogier uh, retiring like that. I don't remember the exact reason. Uh, obviously, um, finished 17th. That was not really what he wanted. But he's a car, it is a car breaker. I feel like Turkey is kind of the modern day Acropolis, mm. uh, you know, with those huge trucks and, and boulders. I think uh, some of the footage that we saw uh, shown on there that these rocks are just massive mm. <laughs> car breakers tear your wheel off and there goes your suspension or here goes a, there goes a bit of your aero and so on so yeah it, that was a that was a that was a very good drive from uh, from Alvin um, and uh, yeah we really felt I think at that point it felt it was anyway yeah uh, that he started to believe, didn't you, that he could actually do this? Um, second victory, of course, the first person to take a second victory in this, uh, this topsy turvy season. Mm, definitely. I mean, 
like I'll, I've done the top five for every, every other rally, so I'll do it for this one. We had Elvin mm-hmm. first, uh, Nerville second, Seb Loeb finished third, which showed there's a lot of life in him yet. Um, <laughs> Robin Perra fourth, and Gus Greensmith finished fifth, which yeah, talks about rookies. Yeah. That's, that's a quality result. Yeah, definitely, and it, I think uh, you know it, it helped uh, a bit with, with some of the retirements, perhaps for him. But you know, the, the road was the same for all of them. I think um, that when that, that's when we saw uh, a bit of uh, a bit of what Gus could bring to M Sport um, in the future. Uh, that quality, uh, very sensitive uh, to the, to the tyres and, uh, and not overwearing them, not overdoing them. Um, so. Yeah, it was a it was a good result actually for Gus in, uh, in Kentucky, definitely. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just obviously only two rallies left in the season. We, which were both on Italian soil. Um, first went to Sardinia, um, which, I mean, just looking at the result, Danny Sordo won it. Um, a lot long time understudy really. He's always been in Seb Loeb's shadow, but. He picked up the win there, and uh, Nerville second, Ogier third, Elvin Evans fourth, and Timu Sunan in fifth. So, quality win for Danny Sardo there. Yeah, exactly, and uh, second in the uh, second in a row because he won 2019 as well. Definitely, he's definitely in the later part of his career, I would say, the uh, Frenchman, but definitely showing that pace and. And he's got a handle on that car. He works well with, with the whole team. Uh, he gets on well. He was at Adamo, uh, the principal uh, at Calendo, who changed in uh, last year. So it just all came together, didn't it? And road position obviously plays a big role uh, in this. Uh, and when you're you know lower down the road, on a quick event like Sardinia, Quite as quick as Finland or Estonia, but you know, very dry conditions. Uh, Got to be super, super sensible with the whip, with the tire use, and and so on. Keep you know, avoiding punctures on the rocks. Not quite as big rocks as somewhere like Turkey, but still pretty big. Mm. Uh, and that 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 just helps with the speed of the event. It's one of the quicker quicker gravel events uh, out of them all. So, so yeah, it was a good victory for, for Danny at that at that stage, and uh, definitely, um, yeah, we'll move on to what that meant for Hyundai later. I think. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it was a good, and then obviously, like Elvin, Elvin still got a good result fourth with Ogier Fed, so he ate into it a bit, but you know, there was still a decent lead going into the finale. Yeah, um, yeah. He had a fourteen-point lead, um, which. You know, you think of championships, you know, being decided by a few points here and a few points there uh, in favour of one driver over another. It's, you know, that was quite actually quite a decent advantage for the, for the Welshman uh, uh, with uh, you know, this incredible uh, year of WRC. I think, uh, yeah, and then uh, and then we had obviously Monza. So, <laughs> I mean, just about Monza. It's a unique, it's a unique, unique event in itself. You know, at Monza, been a, you know, doing it all around the F1 track and into the forest. Um, so that's quite a special way to end a championship. But you know, 
it was looking so good for uh, you know Alvin. He was well, he was you know, I mean he wasn't winning, but he was doing enough to you know. He was doing enough. Yeah. He was in the fight, so he was doing enough to take the championship. But then obviously, as we all know in the rally, you turn off for one second, you hear a misread a pace note, and you you down a ditch, which is where Elvin obviously ended up. Yeah, he was uh, he was doing his normal, uh, you know, very consistent. Uh, he took a took a couple of stage victories uh, earlier earlier in, uh, on Friday, and uh, was was actually doing was doing really well. Um, and he was third, he was holding third at the point at that point as well. Um, and you know, as I mentioned earlier, that we discussed the, the stages they were running a bit later because of various instances, uh, you know, incidents, should I say, and uh, and so on. And um, yeah, so we then came to that that corner, and he was obviously going too too quick. But you think that. On this kind of event, they they've got crews that go through safety crews that go through on on the tarmac events just to check the road, particularly with these events that have the snow and and so on. They went through much earlier, and it was the second run of this stage. They've already been through the stage earlier, um, so they they yeah they they thought they had obviously everything under control, but. When you look at, you know, if you watch the video, uh, if you get the opportunity to watch the video, you can see he's, he's offline when he comes in that corner. He's on, he's on the snow. So you could say, yeah, that's kind of a bit like a bit of aquaplaning going on, really. And he's, he's definitely not in the right place on the road. Uh, but that's just the circumstances, you know, with the snow and uh, and so on. So, yeah, just to see him slide like that and he said that he got on the throttle, not brake, he got on the throttle to try and get the front wheels to pull the car around the corner. And, but he just, it was all, all too little. It wasn't enough just to stop him just going off the edge and the angle that they're at. And there's mm-hmm. no spectators. But even spectators, I don't think they're going to get that car out of there. No, and no chance. That was it, really. I mean, uh, it says a lot about him that when Ogier was coming through, he was stood on the side of the road, wasn't he, trying to warn him, trying to say, you know, yeah, as soon I've, as I've just gone up. He knew, he knew. And he was, he's always thinking about the team. That's the thing with Alvin. Always thinking about the team. You go back a couple of years when Ogier and, uh, and, and Alvin were teammates at M Sport. Ogier was he, I mean, he actually gave him some help with you know, mechanics uh, help when uh, Ogier had broken a bit of suspension on, a, on an event. So he's always, he's very much a team player, Alvin. And we saw that. He was out of the car as quickly as he could because he knew Seb was next and could just see Seb falling off the road. Now, he could have just left it. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I'll do, the, I'll do the top five. Ogier, Tanak, Sardo got another good result in third place. Um, Lappy fourth and Robin Perra fifth with um, obviously Alvin finishing 29th in the end. But, you know, you look at Elvin's record throughout the season, he was incredibly consistent, not out of the top four apart from this this result. So it's very harsh for him to not take the title. But with Ogier, you know, been there, done it six times already. So he, he knows what to do in a, in a championship battle. Yeah, exactly. And um, so a worthy champion, really, uh, with, uh, with Sebastian, I think, uh, you know, showing his 
stark quality. Mm. Uh, and it, it, you know, able to bring great pace to uh, and to a team that he did actually he did consider to win at the uh, start of uh, 2016. Um, so um, yeah, seventh seventh title for for the Frenchman. Uh, Severi takes a set of <laughs> Severi takes a championship uh, from uh, from it. But crikey, yeah, Alvin, what a what a year! Uh, last year he finished fourth in the championship. He, he finished fourth uh, fourth in twenty seventeen uh, after he took victory in uh, in Wales that year. Definitely showing showing his quality there uh, in his first season at uh, at Toyota. I mean, it's been so long since we've had a real bona fide British title challenger. You know, you, I mean, Chris exactly. Meek was always there and thereabouts, but he never quite had that that upper level. So we've been waiting since you know the days of Colin McRae and Richard Burns for a a real you know British title contender. So I think it's great to see him back with you know Elvin doing what he does. Yeah, I think um, yeah, a, a lot of uh, British fans, you know, either English, uh, Scottish, or, or Welsh. Um, or even, or even uh, the Irish who are mad about their rallying, you know, having somebody, you know, representing the Isles like that uh, in such a quality way uh, was a big boost. I think, you know, I'm hoping it will now bring a bit more interest uh, to the championship from this from this uh, part of the world, shall we say, from a from a, you know greater media interest. Um, so uh, yeah, a big shame for Elvin, but he showed. Showed his qualities this year, definitely. No yeah. doubt on that at all. I mean, going up against uh, you know a multiple champion and, uh, and challenging for, the, for that victory. Mm. Yeah, obviously, we'll just quickly go through the teams. Real, you know, do a quick mm-hmm. rundown on on all three of the the main teams. So we'll start with M Sport because I mean it was an okay year for him, but by their standards, they'd probably want to be a bit closer to Hyundai and Toyota. Yeah, I think um, you know this combination of of the the two fins. Uh, they've done it before when they've had two fins. You know, go back to Marcus Gronholm and and Hervinen, and then later with Latvala and Hervinen, and uh, you know a bit of a change again. Um, when they when they started bringing more homegrown talent into the team, they they've and of course you know they took the two driver titles in in 2017 and 2018 with uh, Sebastian. It was a sh- it was a season where they could they could have wanted more. They got one podium with uh, Timu very early on in Mexico, and then it wasn't really there, was it? It's, I think it's just a shame for a for a team that's, that's done so well, uh, even in the most recent past, to be kind of not really there or thereabouts. I think uh, when Elvin was there, I think they, they really benefited from his consistency. Um, and they got on well. And I think what they need to do is just really consolidate their team. They certainly need to keep at least one of their current drivers uh, going into the next uh, 2021, just mm-hmm. to maintain some consistency. I think Timu is, is one of those drivers that that is still developing. I think with Lappy, perhaps they might have expected more, being a winner, of course, uh, mm-hmm. in, in that, that 2017 year. Uh, in Finland, the fact yeah. that he didn't take the podium, it's surprising, to be honest. 
I mean, it wasn't a terrible year. I mean, he had two DNFs and he was, yeah. you know, he was within, he was there or thereabouts, you know, for the rest of them. He was in the top six for most of them. But yeah, like you say, couldn't quite get the podium. It was all right for M Sport, but like if we go on to Hyundai, you know, they had another a good year, you know, the pit wins up, but I think, you know, Thierry had a bit of a shocker, probably by his standards. You know. Yeah, he's he's, a, he's been a driver that's taken multiple wins over a season and to only pick up one now, you know, all the way back in back in January as well. It's quite surprising, nonetheless, to, to see him sort of not really there. I think you know, when you look at somewhere like Estonia, it's a lot like Finland. He doesn't really get on with that event. Um, so maybe that's, you know, that's a bit of an Achilles heel for, for the Belgian. Mexico 13th, well, you can sort of, you can sort of understand that uh, a bit with his championship position at that point, you know, close to the front on Friday, uh, Friday's stages. Whereas Oit, obviously, yeah, he took a, took a, great, a good um, good podium there, but he was much lower down, having obviously retired uh, in uh, crashed out in Monte Carlo. So, you know, there is that benefit. But what you got to, you know, look at is that consistency of performance, irrespective of the road that you're presented with. And I think you've got to look at, you know, has, I think Elvin has proved that now he's a more rounded driver than Thierry. Mm. I think, you know, he's, yeah, he's definitely, I would say he's definitely ahead and we've seen that, you know, very good performances from him throughout the year. So, yeah, Thierry, uh, he's been a bridesmaid a few times, hasn't he, in the championship, but never quite got there. Mm. Uh, maybe a bit like Mr. Uh, Herman in that, in that respect. Yeah, he's been that's such a nearly man over the last few years. You know, it's always been Thierry who's been there or thereabouts. And will we see him win a title? I don't know. I mean, he's got the pace, it's just the consistency. Mm. So. I mean, obviously, it won a bad year for them, but you know, we have to, we'll have to move on to the champions. So, uh, uh, Quality season that picked up, you know, yeah. both titles in Tommy Mackinnon's last year as principal as he's been, uh, he's stepped down and been replaced by Yari Matilatvila. So, will he? Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, so, uh, just sorry, just to create you, so Hyundai did take the, uh, the uh, manufacturer title uh, with, right. uh, with a very good, uh, very good result, uh, I think, for them, second in their row. Last year, kind of slightly inherited with the cancellation of. Of uh, Australia, um, the terrible one that uh, spread through uh, New South Wales uh, mm. region. Um, but this year, they definitely, yeah, just think about Hyundai in that respect. They've, they've got a great car, they've got a very good team, uh, they're, they're all capable of victories. Next year, I think we'll probably see if they can actually challenge throughout the year for, the, for a driver's uh, title as well, which they've been. It's kind of been training there, isn't it? Yes, mm. a little bit. But yeah, as you say, moving on to Toyota, delivering a another driver's title for the Toyota team, and and that brand, which is you know massive in motorsport, really, mm. uh, isn't it? And yeah, I mean, very chat. They had a quality year. I think there was one day where I think it was Elvin won the rap won a rally. Uh, Toyota won at Le Mans and Tom Ingram won in a Toyota in the touring cars. So, you know, good year for Toyota all round, really, not just in rally. Yeah. 
but you know yeah and they, they're using this this motorsport activity to, to ultimately make better cars which is what they you know they use that that whole brand don't they and that name and that sort of slogan shall we say <laughs> and definitely tommy um has, has uh, uh shown not only driver but what a what a kind of team principal mm. uh, to have in charge and of course now yeah he has moved on uh, he's still within Toyota, uh, so we should talk about that a little bit, I think, uh, as the motorsport director. And uh, now we see Yari Matthew Latvala step into that team principal position uh, for, next, for the next few seasons. Um, and uh, Latvala was, uh, you know, he's a massive rally fan anyway. I mean, he's been doing sorts of events in his uh, Salika <laughs> this year. He just can't bear not being in a car, I think, uh, and drive quickly through those stages. I guess he probably won't be able to do so much of that next year, um, being in charge of the team. Mm. I wonder how he will, uh, he'll take that. I mean, I if he might even see him run a run a, uh, a fifth, or say it, Yaris. Yeah. One event. <laughs> I mean, w- will he be as successful as Tommy? Do we think? Will he? I mean, I know this, the foundations are already there for him to continue being successful, but do you reckon he can keep that Tommy's keep going? Yeah, I think Tommy's left the you know the team. He's in a great position. I think uh, I think that that I think he can carry that on. Uh, definitely, maybe he can make it a bit more of his team. Perhaps. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We've got uh, a completely unchanged uh, team for Toyota going into next year, and that has to bode well for potential man- uh, another manufacturer title uh, compared to the one they took in uh, 2018. And of course, the young the young uh, Japanese guy Tsuka. Uh, is, is going to be doing a full year in the, the RSWRC. So that's interesting, particularly with uh, Elvin's former co-driver as well. Uh, mm. uh, it's got to be good for the, the interest in from the Japanese you know, uh, part of the world. But they've got one of their guys in one of these quick cars, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I think that's everything, I think, isn't it? Um, have we, I don't think we've forgotten anything. So that was... World Rally in 2020. Um, what a crazy year! We've got still got seven rallies and plenty of action. We've, like we said earlier, Seb Ogier taking the seventh title. So that that'll be all for us. We've rambled on long enough, like yes. So obviously we'll leave it there. You know, you can follow the pit crew online everywhere. Warren always writes a report on every rally. If you wanted to go and read through them for more detail than we've gone through, we cover everything. But we do pride ourselves on our rally coverage on. Since yeah. coverage, we're not just Formula One, we're across the board. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, do all. yeah, I mean, Christ, <laughs> if it moves, we'll cover it. So, yeah, that's that's it from us. I've been Aaron. You can follow me on Twitter at Aaron Owen7. Uh, Warren, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on uh, on uh, Twitter as well, uh, Warren uh, underscore now uh, WRC pit crew editor. You can find me easily on that. Uh, give us a follow, follow the crew, uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook accounts, and we'll see you in 2021 with more amazing adventures of the WRC. Here's hoping. Right, cheers, guys. We'll see you all out on track.